up. Ah. Handy, this is not my car. No need to ask, he's a smooth So this week on Legal Tech 101, we are talking to, some may say, the godfather of legal operations um, in the UK, a gentleman, and who I like to call a friend, David Griffin. So David and I have a long conversation around how he got into legal operations, because these days, people find their way to their career, and we're never quite sure how we got there. And so we have a really interesting conversation about how he'd ended up at British Telecom, or BT as they're now fondly known of. Um, and we have a bit of a conversation around that. So enjoy, and we'll see you soon. And now for something completely different. Can you give us a bit of an introduction and um, we'll kind of get into the world of legal ops? So I'm David Griffin. Um, I am head of legal technology for BT PLC, as um, British Telecom. Uh, for for those not in the UK, uh, a household name for since I was since I was a, a youngin. Um, now we are probably less known for our sort of telephone telephony services and more as a technology um, broadband and mobile um, mobile company. So I've talked to a lot of people about lots of different things on this podcast, but one thing we haven't really spoken about is the journey of someone that goes into legal operations, right? Um, it's a bit different here to how it is in North America. Um, so I was keen for us to talk about how you ended up at BT, if that's all right. As Mary Poppins to say, should we start, start at the very beginning? A very good place um, to start. So I left university um, in 99, show my age. Uh, and in 2000, I took a, I took a uh, temporary job um, working for a telecommunications uh, real estate company called Crown Castle to digitize their legal library. Um, and it was a three-month stint, which turned into seven years. Okay. Um, <laughs> and in that time, um, I was doing technology for lawyers before it was sort of legal tech and legal operations. So we were doing a lot of that work, um, digitizing and, and codifying all of their documentation and building systems to, at that time, which was largely around the sort of the scanning and document management sort of uh, uh, business or, or operations that we had. And then I, um, in 2007, moved to a uh, little boutique consultancy um, doing similar for large corporates. So um, we did large large um, pieces for law firms and people like RBS, the Royal Bank of Scotland. From there, a couple of years later, I was approached to join, um, join the technology team um, at Deutsche Bank. Um, it's interesting in terms of the models that certain organizations have. So Deutsche Bank definitely had a legal technology team in technology working with operations and legal. And so we were we were separate but together. And I, I spent um, yeah, the nine years I was there. So in the first seven years um, that I was there building that team and building the relationships between myself and the COO organization, um, there building, building the strategy and delivering that strategy um, against a we wouldn't even call it a headwind, a, uh, a hurricane of regulatory, um, of regulatory demand uh, came at us in terms of what we had to uh, provide for them. Legal tech, like in the great scheme of things, is still relatively new, right? So at the time, was there pressure from the IT function to say, hey, we can build this stuff. You don't have to go out to market to buy it. 
generally it's always gone in waves. Mm-hmm. So I would say that yeah, when I really got into this industry, you you bought yeah, you bought your tech um because it was there and you know document management is document management e-billing is e-billing you know you're not going to save yourself time and money to um, if you do manage to reinvent the wheel then then you start to get to a point probably around 2014 2015 where you've got you've got that crossover where technology is technology and you're just applying that to to the legal use case yeah then you've come again to that other wave where technology companies are now out there with commoditized systems which solve solutions. So beforehand, it's like the legal departments were probably coming out with ideas and concepts that needed solving that the market didn't really solve, Mm. Um, or there were niche players that solved it and maybe didn't do it that well. Then the market listens, builds, and again, you then get off-the-shelf products that, that again, challenges that concept of building something that's readily available. Then you've got the whole evolution of of SaaS products versus in-house. And, and you know, in you know, when you, when you buy, it used to be that you put it you put it on boxes in inside your your organisation, and 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 the effort that used to take. And now, when you buy, you you switch on, you switch on. yeah, you switch on the right? You, you sign on, you start, you know, and you look at the people like in Rain and Court, you know, Andrew what Andrew Klein's doing there, where you you know, you could literally at some point in the future switch on, you know, uh, click a button and say yes, approve. You know, give your credit card details almost and get legal technology flowing to you there. So, yeah, yeah you've only got that ease of access of, of commoditized off-the-shelf products. It's, um, you know, diff- different world again. Like the ability to deploy SaaS-based solutions has kind of reinvigorated the market, right? Because, like, 10 years ago, everything was on-prem. It was heavy, gnarly. It was just you had to kind of have, to have your wits about you to do it. Um, so startups didn't really have a say, uh, whereas now we have lots of startup legal tech, don't we? Which is great. Like I, the evolution, it just shows the health of the market. But you, as a buyer, do you think that's good or bad? Like, there's too much choice now, or do you like the the, the volume of choice that you have? I think it's it's an incredible power for good for the industry mm-hmm. because I think you've got, um, I think you've got players at all levels that can help all sizes of departments and all, all different use cases and volumes, right? So you take you take my current my current shop and my old shop, there's a large com- complex yeah, in, the, in, the, in the Deutsche Bank world, it's a global organization with so many pressures, you're going to need something quite heavyweight there. Yeah. And then you have boutique legal departments that are going to need something that, that's, that's quite specific. And I think that um, I think that that wide choice one challenges the incumbents to change and to adapt and develop and evolve otherwise they become they become dinosaurs right and they they, they they're not they're not flexible enough um and and i think it just helps it helps the market mature makes sense so coming back to kind of a bit of your legal ops journey so you um so you're a deutsche how come you decided to make the the jump to pt did you want to start from scratch or what was kind of your drivers yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it was that that opportunity of, of of having the same opportunity to you know to, to bring that transformation into another organisation and, and again another large organisation which which would see meaningful change happen to them in an environment that is light years from when I started you know the the nine years previously at, at Deutsche where there wasn't that technology choice out there. So to have, you know, whereas a lot, oh, wouldn't it be great if 
we could have done this and that. You know, the, you know those things have sort of become reality or, or become very much closer to reality now. So when you're looking at a blank, you know, a blank page that uh, Chris uh, Chris Fowler, um, who was who, who um, brought me on board, uh, and sort of painted for me, it, it was like the, that opportunity was was just um, so enticing. And then, and then finally, where where do you think I suppose legal ops is going? Do you, do you think this is going to become more defined in regards to process? Do you think it's going to be a wider thing as we now go into looking at platforms and enterprise things? Where do you think the world of legal ops is going to go? Yeah, I, th- I think that there's. I think you can certainly from the, from the ops side, there's there's going to be that um, sort of cross pollination of skill sets. So you know, in our in our team, I've I've you know I. I've now brought in that that um, world of you know proper project management, you know business analysis, you know technologists, mm. you know into my world to drive proper change. You know some organisations I think still suffer from the you know um, trying to do this off the side of their desks. And I think when when we do bring that sort of pedigree and that and that professionalism to the role, um, we'll we we have we have the opportunity to 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 then really drive you know drive that change of um okay what's the next steps and what's the evolution of what we're of what we're doing i think in operations you have the same you'll have your proper legal project management in there vendor management and not just people just doing that because they've been told to and you know they put a different hat on uh to do that um yeah so in certainly from a ops perspective from a technology perspective you know we'll we'll have a book of work and a roadmap and, and a delivery a delivery schedule that we'll have to uh, yeah. that, that will, be, will be tracked on and we'll be will be delivering against. And that's that. But well, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it.